Hello, I'm Janet. I'm Amber. And we are two girls and a bottle of wine. Because men like boobs. And girls like wine. You sound a little froggy still. I know. It it comes and goes. Like, I was doing really well over the weekend where my voice mostly came back. And then, like, today I have just been struggling. So, I don't know. I checked with all my doctors. They actually think it's um, uh, acid reflux. Oh. So I have on, heartburn? Like, no, I literally don't have anything. They think that the cough or yeah, that the cough that I've had for the last four years is because of acid reflux. Reflux? Yeah. And I was like, I just don't buy it, guys. I have no heartburn. I have like, like I have like a little tickle that will make me want to cough, obviously, but there's no heartburn. There's nothing. And I don't associate it with literally, like sometimes I'm just in my office and all of a sudden I have a cough. So I don't know. What are you drinking today? Well, we started with Cutwater Strawberry Margarita. I was not a fan. Um, what's, it was, what's missing? Like, is it just... I think it's a little too sweet. So I would probably like it. Yeah. I just think there isn't enough tequila or something. It doesn't look like strawberry at all. It looks like orange. It's orangey yeah, color. I know. It, it's weird. But, so now I'm drinking my favorite vodka soda, which is Canteen brand. And it's, um, I'm drinking the black cherry. It's really good. Um, so now I'm drinking that out of a coffee mug. Cheers. I mm-hmm. realized I need to go to the liquor store because I, it was either vodka or Malibu and vodka makes me crazy. Oh. So I, um, that's a good Friday night drink. Like after the work oh, week sure. is over and you just want to chill. <laughs> But to podcast, vodka is not a good tool. So Malibu Rum and Diet Coke. And I got this cute little sparkly mug. And it has a J on it from Walgreens. And it was the last J and it was pink. And I was like, yeah, meant to be. Meant to be. (laughs) So cheers, Amber. Woohoo, cheers. What's... Oh, dear. That's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, guys, if you're listening, I asked her three times before we started recording if she needed a cough drop, if she needed a cough drop. Maybe she needed a cough drop. I know. It's okay. I have cough drops in here somewhere. That's good. I keep them in my desks as well um, just because I'm on the phone all day and I hate when I get a tickle in my throat. I can put it on mute for so long and then they're like, hello? Hello? When they're done answering. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I, yeah, sorry. Ugh. Um, I know. Yeah. My girlfriend, Kathy, carries around cough drops all, everywhere. She is constantly doing cough drops. What is that? Is that a syringe? No. This <laughs> is a, I don't know if you can see the glitter in it. Yeah, I see the glitter. But it's oh. to brush my eyelashes. That's nice. I almost scheduled yeah. an eyelash appointment. I have a big birthday coming up, and I was like, maybe I want to do the eyelash, but I don't think my budget is there yet. I'm paying down some debt, and I told my husband, because he was like, go for it, and I'm like, you know, you don't, our finances are separate. I'm like, you know how I like to have control of things, and I just want to feel like I have a little bit better control before I add an expense that is reoccurring. Yeah. Fair. 
Sorry, I muted myself while I was coughing. No, that's fine. We should have like a, you could like throw an M. <laughs> like you're oh, going yeah. to mute. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't do it. So I'm going to probably them. turn 40 with my normal eye- eyelashes. That's cool. That's okay. <laughs> but you you make them look so beautiful. Uh, my lash lady makes them look so beautiful. I love them. <laughs> you pay her, so you make them. True. Yeah. But she's. I feel like she's also very reasonable. So, Because I know some places you can get like hundreds of dollars to pay for lashes. Yeah. I found a place so. in my town of Parker that does like, um, it's like a minimal lash effect for $100 the first time and then like $50 every couple of weeks when you get them refilled. And it's supposed to be a little bit more natural. And I oh, thought about sure. starting with those and to see if I like them. Yeah, I have heard of that. If I had actual lashes, I might do that sometime. I'm sorry. Speaking of, we're approaching the first, and we haven't done Feel It on the First in a while. You want to remind everyone as we approach July, July, 2021 first. Right? So, we are approaching July 1st, um, where we have been trying to promote that um, the Check It on the First, which is a, a movement, I guess, on social media where uh, breast cancer patients and advocates and those that um, are BRCA positive and everything like that, we've all kind of banded together and try to remind everybody that it's so important to check your body. And so by checking on the first, um, it's important to feel around your breasts and your chest area as well as your armpits and look for any discoloration, discharge, or any lumps, even the smallest lump that you think is different um definitely have it checked out be your own advocate your own um person and make sure that even if you don't feel anything this month it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it next month you should be doing a breast self-exam every single month and it's best to do it around the same day every month so that way you're within the similar timelines because your body can change based on your menstrual cycle or stress or whatever's going on. So just always make sure you're paying attention to your body. And um, it's always best to get anything checked out. And if your provider tells you it's probably nothing, but you feel differently, always make sure that you advocate to go and get more done. So just remember on July 1st to check your boobies. July 1st. And that is right before July 4th. Do you have any big fun plans? Uh, No. I, I just never really do much on July 4th. Right. No, I understand. I'm the same way. Steve's yeah. going to be out of town. He gets back on July 4th, and I know July 5th is our observed holiday here in the United yep. States. So, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, what's been going on with you? Um, <clears throat> not a whole lot. Um, did I tell you that I have started to do Wrench the Runway? You You haven't. Tell us. um, Because I am struggling a little bit um, with my weight and meds and just, you know, all the things. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard because your body never really seems to fit right with your clothes every single time. Um, And it's tough when you're constantly buying clothes. You don't feel good in them. You don't know if they're going to look right. And so um, rent the runway is the ability to kind of 
have monthly deliveries of um, items that would be on the runway. Mm-hmm. And you can pay a certain amount. So I think mine is like 90 bucks a month. And then I get like eight outfits every month that I can wear for as long as I want. Mm-hmm. And then I can always trade them back in. But they have a huge selection and you do have the option to buy. But like last week, I had a very gorgeous, frilly, like flowy dress. Um, it was $800 on sale. Wow. If I wanted to purchase it. I did not. Okay. Um, But I have been getting so many compliments and it's really nice because I can also find shapes that fit me best. And mm-hmm. so, um, and sometimes they do have good deals where, you know, the dress is like, $80 on sale, which is still kind of high price, but for dresses and if it's something that I'm going to wear like every single week, um, it's a little bit more worth it. But um, yeah, so I've been doing that. Nice. That's been fun. Yeah. Other than that, there's not much that's been going on, I don't think. I feel like time is just like <clears throat> in yeah. hyper speed, and yet <clears throat> it feels like it should be Friday when it's Wednesday. It's, it's crazy. Like it is June 23rd 3rd, and I have not taken the paddleboard out and that makes oh, me gosh. so sad. I think a lot of it has to do with my husband being home. Um, yeah, sure. it, he's not a big morning person and to really beat the rush to the reservoirs here in the area, you got to go in the morning and yeah. going in the morning also helps you avoid the wind. And I'm not a good paddleboarder when it's windy. <clears throat> I don't have the upper body strength. So, um, my plan is his first weekend out coming up is July 4th weekend. And so, I got July 3rd marked as me day on my calendar. Like, not going to schedule anything with anybody else. I'm going to clean the house. But first, I'm going to go paddleboard all by myself. And it's going to be great. Very nice. Yeah. That's exciting. You have a birthday yeah. coming up. I do. Any plans? No. How are how are our birthdays so close? And we are two very different people when it comes to birthdays. Like I start talking I about it a month in advance. It's more than a month in advance. And I'm like, birthday's coming up. Birthday is yeah. approaching. <laughs> Clear like, the runway. My think. birthday is almost here. Most of the people at work like don't even know when my birthday is or that it's my birthday. The majority of people don't find out unless I am friends with them on Facebook or somebody overhears someone else who's friends with me on Facebook. Uh, wishing me happy birthday. But. And you're going to be like, what, 24? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. Going back to that time. Mm-hmm. But, so, you know, I'm, what, 38? Yeah, you're two years behind me, but you're stuck in that vortex of Janet brain that you're in your 20s. <laughs> I know. Well, and this geriatric millennial of me just does not understand. <laughs> Well, you just should do something fun for your 38th birthday. The world is open back up. Well, I mean, we are going to Nashville. So we're going to Nashville, but we're when? actually going um, over your birthday, actually, I think. so. Are you serious? We, we get back on your birthday. So we leave late um, in the day on the 22nd, and we get back in the morning on the 27th. So Wow. We're scheduled to podcast the 21st. I know I'm not leaving town until the 22nd. All I gotta do is I'm still going to work on the 22nd. Okay. All right. You know what the crazy thing is, is my girlfriends and I are planning. Nothing is solidified yet. I'm waiting on 
these girls to lock it down. I've already secured the Airbnb, but we're going to Nashville the 29th through the 1st. So in a week after you're there, you have to go to Miranda Lambert's new restaurant. Huh? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, well, that's totally in our plans. It's called Miranda Lambert's Casa Rosa. Oh, okay. Yeah, she opened a new restaurant in Nashville. It's like Tex-Mex. I'm not a Tex-Mex fan. Just go have a beverage there to say you were there. <laughs> okay. You won't. Well, and the funny thing is, is that we're going there. So we're going to be staying with um, Randall, who um, also is called Randy. Um, he and his wife have, um, a house and a, like, right on the water, I, or right near the water, maybe, but they also have a boat. Of the river? That we're going to go out on. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. The big Somewhere river that runs still. through Nashville. Do yeah. what? So we're going to stay with them. Have you ever but been in Nashville? I've been in Nashville once. I went there for a conference. That doesn't count. Yeah, no. And then, um, my friend Randy, who is female... Um, she and I have known each other since fourth grade and I have not seen her in probably 15 years. And so, um, we are all, she also lives in Nashville. So we, well, on the outskirts. And so, um, we're going to visit her as well, um, while we are in town. So I'm very excited to go. Um, but we will be, we won't be like staying right on the downtown area broadway it'll still be fun yeah that place you got to get drunk on broadway if you go Uh, to nashville you have to go i'm not getting drunk nope (laughs) and nick has only seen me drunk maybe twice our entire time we've been together there's live music the world is open back up get drunk on broadway i can still go there (laughs) but i will not be getting drunk Okay, okay. You sound way older than me. <laughs> Maybe it's me. I need to adjust myself. No, I just... Got to go to the FGL house. You got to go to Jason Aldean's restaurant. You got to go to Luke Bryan's restaurant. You got to go to Blake Shelton's restaurant. Dirk Bentley has a restaurant. They all have restaurants. And now Miranda ha- I mean, Lambert has a restaurant. Luke Bryan, sure. But the rest of them, that's a lot of things to do. They're right next to each other, though. They're, like, really close to each other. It's like walking down the strip at Vegas, but condensed. Yeah, well, um... You're looking at me like I don't... I'm crazy. Well, because then I got... That's a lot of places I gotta go into. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. I'll leave you alone. If I don't get to go, I'm going to be so sad if you don't do the things that I want you to be doing. <laughs> but you should be doing all the things because you're going with, like, your girlfriends and it's going to be a big birthday trip. And so it's like a thing. We'll see. We'll see. My two girlfriends have kids and one of them is fully committed and the other one is like, well, I maybe can't go for all the days. Well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go at all. And I was like, OK, I'll cancel the Airbnb. And they're like, well, wait, let me see. And I'm like, I just need a yes or no. I just need a yes or no. And as we wait, airfare gets more expensive. Oh, yeah. The airfare there is rough. It's not cheap to fly into Nashville. No. I mean, we were, I don't want to say quite fortunate, but um, since our Christmas trip ended up getting canceled to Minnesota last year, um, we had funds that we could use. So it was Mm -hmm. like around $400. 
So we only ended up paying like $200 on Southwest. Oh, nice. Because we had $400 to um, spare. So that was nice that we were able to apply it there. Yeah, definitely fortunate. Well, have fun no matter what you do. Um, Luke Bryan lives near there. So I know I'm going to. I'm definitely down with like hunting him down. And really, at this point, I also really just want to meet his wife. Even if I can just meet his wife, I would be happy. Right? She's so funny. She is. Sorry, I'm fixated on the fact that you're going to be in Nashville a week before me. How cool would it have been if it would have been the same weekend? Well, probably not. I know. I would have driven you nuts with my Nashville hype. Because it is like my favorite place on earth. It's like my Disney World. Yeah, since I've only ever been there one other time, I did go to um, the Grand Old Opry. Like, I didn't see anything there, um, but I was able to kind of, like, walk through the little stuff. Yeah. But because of the conference, and because I'm not as um, independent as you are, so when I go places for conferences by myself, I it was lucky I even did that and walked through the Hall of Fame. See, that surprises me so much. Like, you're such a strong personality, and then I'm the one that's like... I'm going to take on the world by myself, but I'm like this meek personality. You're like, I'm a strong personality, but I don't like do things by myself. Yeah, no. So I just sit in the hotel and I order room service or I go somewhere and grab the food and bring it back with me. I don't even eat in the restaurant by myself because no. Oh, I've I've done that in Nashville a couple times. Nope. Hmm. Don't do it. Why? I just, I don't know. I, I just don't like it. I feel exposed and I feel like people are staring and it's just very uncomfortable and I don't want to be the person that like sits there on their phone. So I'm just like staring at If this. you're by yourself, you should be there on your phone. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't like it. And then like when I go and like I walk out into like do things. So even if I'm not eating at a restaurant. I like to experience with people and, like, have a conversation about it. And I can't really do that by myself. Otherwise, people think I've got schizophrenia. <laughs> That's what makes the world goes, go round is the different personalities. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the fact that you can't do the things by yourself. Oh, yeah. It just surprises me because you are such yeah. a strong take-charge woman. Yeah. No, don't like doing things by myself. Got like, it. I can run errands by myself, but I don't want to travel by myself unless I'm, like, going to lacrosse because I know people. <laughs> I'm meeting people up there that I know. But I also don't want to, like, invite others to come and speak to me that I don't know. Right. Like, Nick wants to go and, like, he likes to go travel by himself and go sit at a bar and, like, strike up a conversation with people. Not just as one and more person I have to talk to on a regular basis. <laughs> I just don't want to. Okay. All right, cool, cool. Um, So I am back in the office up to four days a week. Mm -hmm. Notice I said up to. Um, I'm probably going in three days a week. This last week was um, special because we are out in the middle of nowhere, our offices, and our well, we're on a well, and it dried up, or we we went really low, and so they closed the office Monday and Tuesday. So I'm in the office... I was in the office today and tomorrow, but, like, I want to talk about, like, how, like, what is professional now? Because in our office, you can wear jeans every day right now. Oh. I don't like jeans. I'd rather wear my, I get my beta brand 
work pants, yoga pants. Those are so comfortable. Not sponsored because we have no sponsors for this podcast except the um, <laughs> the CBD store. And if you want to know more about that, look in our notes. Um, but they're so comfortable. What does professional look like in your world? So um, I work in healthcare. And so the majority of individuals around me wear scrubs. However, because I'm more in an administrative role and my team is as well, um, we do dress casual, but at the same time, is that right? Business casual. I always say dress casual. Uh, Business casual. And so I have not worn actual pants since probably 2018 or 2019. Um, And that is my own personal issue. Um, So I wear, I'll wear like yoga pants and like, leggings and stuff like that, but I have not worn actual dress pants or jeans since probably 2019, Um, if not 2018. Uh, So I just (laughs) mostly wear dresses, but um, every now and then, like, my team will wear, you know, like, jersey knit dresses and stuff like that, and then our leadership, though, tends to be a little bit more um, of the business casual that you're excuse me, that you're used to seeing with like the dress pants, button ups, but still, you know, fairly dressed down. So, but so, we did have during COVID, we actually were allowed to wear jeans almost every single day. Um, and then they stopped doing that probably like six months ago, we stopped doing that. So. Interesting. Well, there was um, a, a study done that showed that or a lot of sources were interviewed that when it comes to professional the old standards are outdated um, and they can actually cause emotional and physical distress and it also increases the potential for discrimination to people from marginalized groups so if you can't afford that's a very good point the professional look then you're going to stand up yeah so I just wondered if if you had seen a shift from pre-COVID to current with the world changing constantly. Yeah, you know, there's so many things that I've seen a shift in, but this actually really hasn't been one of them. Um, and I think that is just because of the way that we are set up. Um, you know, the reason why we stopped wearing jeans every day is because jeans can also be unprofessional And so, you know, people would disregard the whole don't wear anything with holes or acid wash or stuff like that. But then also they felt that our patients were unable to tell the difference between the quote unquote lay person who is just there to see their child as opposed to the person who works there and could probably tell them where something is. Um, And so that was the concern that our hospital had. And so that's why we went back to wearing regular uh, business casual and this is this goes long beyond COVID, but I know in my office things changed with COVID. But in the past day, decade, people of all races are experiencing the freedom to dress more casually and dye their hair unnatural colors, yeah. Amber. Um, and there is in this article that I've got from today.com, there's a lady named Mandy. She's a white woman who works for a nonprofit. She shared that she shaved her head and dyed it unnatural colors and patterns. And she's in her 40s and she didn't have any fear of losing her her job. Um, yeah. 
I mean, I think it's great. I think it's interesting because you still do have that stigma of the tattoos and the colored hair and that somehow makes you look unprofessional Mm -hmm. um, is the opinion of so many. But you have to also think about how much has changed in the world. And so one of the arguments at the hospital really was, why can't I show my sleeve when I see parents everywhere with tattoos and, you know, more and more that generation that's having kids probably does have tattoos. Not everybody, obviously, but and different colored hair. I mean, it's just stuff that you're used to seeing. But just because I dye my hair coral does not mean that I cannot have a professional conversation about financials and laboratory operations. Right. And this article kind of points to social media who has pushed corporations to stay fluid with the times by making quick changes to outdated standards. Yeah. I mean, I mean, social media has had a huge impact on many areas of um, life. So I could see that. Yeah. And it, the article kind of finalizes by saying, if we're all forced to look and act the same, then our thinking becomes similar, or at least the ideas we are willing to vocalize, and that stifles creativity and innovation. Freedom in presentation might seem superficial, but the ability for employees to be relaxed and authentic can have a significant impact on companies and their organizations. And I just really liked that. Yeah, no, I think this is a really great article. Um, next, I want to transition to work. And I know you've been working your hind end off for over a year and a half now. (laughs) Just a little bit. I mean, you know, just a few 60-hour weeks every week or so. Yeah. So um, let's talk about burnout and how to avoid that, Amber. And I'm talking to you. (laughs) Yeah. I think that it's, it's going to be harder to avoid burnout in many areas just because so many individuals and so many organizations are struggling with um, hiring hiring and we're all running critically staffed and it's just interesting right now so I mean I can't wait to see what this article says and this article kind of focuses on how to um, be um, work from home stress but I feel like some of these can apply. Does your work have any, like, spaces for you to, like, decompress or chill? Um, I don't think so, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, we we have areas that you can go. Like, we have, like, the coffee shop and we have... There you go. Um, that is perfect. We have, like, a little corner up in our cafeteria where there's little chairs. And just today, I think, um, or maybe last week, they opened up our dog park. Mm-hmm. And so um, we have a dog park for our medical dogs. And then um, we have um, a non, what is it called? A non-domination um, chapel mm-hmm. area. And so we do have areas that you can go. Um, have you thought about carving out time for you to go there? No. I had a um, leadership uh like I have to be part of, I have to do this leadership training every month for a year. And, um, it's mostly just like people getting together and we all talk. And one of the things they're talking about is kind of similar. And we, nobody was really talking. We were all just kind of sitting there staring at each other on our screens. 
And so the woman leading it, she was like, okay, well, we'll end 30 minutes early if you go and take time, like, to do something for yourself, whether it be, like, go for a walk or, you know, do something. That is not what I did. I was like, oh, let me go because I got to run to micro. There's a missing COVID. I got a phone call. Like, there's shit going on. Nobody's going to take care of you, Amber. You have to take care of you. I know, but I take care of myself at home when I'm just, like, chilling. Whenever I get there, whatever time that may be. Yeah, I got all these fun fidget toys in my office. That's great. (laughs) Um, You're on a lot of video calls, it sounds like. Yeah. So have you experienced video call fatigue? Yeah, I do. I'm kind of over. I think it's actually led to me being more distracted Mm -hmm. and multitasking because you are just on a video call and sometimes not everybody can see you either, but I'm just sitting in my office. So why wouldn't I multitask and answer emails and work on something else? And I miss being in that physical space and we're starting to get back to that. But um, I'm kind of over those video calls. And this article says that um, opting for audio only meetings when possible also allows you to feel less tethered to the computer and can ease up the fatigue of being on camera. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. It also says you can turn off the the like the little box in the corner that shows you and how everyone oh. else sees you. I don't want to see yeah. that. I need to see that box because it reminds me you're on video. Don't yeah. pick your nose. Exactly. I like to see what I look like. Right. If I'm if I'm slouching, I need to yeah. be able to stand up. If I'm not like I smiling, know. I need to smile. So yep. I can't do that. Amber, you gotta set boundaries and limits. Yeah, I've heard this. Why, I've heard this. Why can't you do these things? So because again, I think it's still the same thing. Like I'm trying to set boundaries. But it's really hard because we're so critical. The demand staffed. is high. Yeah. Like you get someone and then you have all these different ways to get a hold of you. Mm-hmm. And so I try to put myself on busy on Skype, but I forget on Teams. And then I have my email. And if I don't respond to my email because I'm trying to focus on something, then they message you or they call you or they text you or they come to your door. Like it, it's so hard. I get that. Um, Even when I'm on busy, we don't have Skype anymore. We got rid of Skype and we only have Teams. Even when I have the red dot, people message me. So I've I've learned when I when I need to focus or when I am in a conversation, I put my do not disturb and then the notification doesn't pop up. I know I have to do do not disturb, close my office door, lock it, put a do not disturb, forward my phone and then turn off my cell, like turn my cell on do not disturb. Yeah. Well, I'm going to share this link in our notes so that the rest of the people that might want to actually be open to avoiding burnout can do that. Because I feel like, Amber, you're not open to these ideas. You keep shutting me down. You're like closing the laptop in my face. Right? I know. Number seven, which I think is like the final tip is like, take a day off the right way. (laughs) You're funny. You're funny No, I get it. I was on a a call with my team and my team is a global team. Most of them are in Australia and the Australia way is a little bit different, but not too different. I was like, what? How how, you guys take time off? Do you take time off? 
what happens to your work? Because we run very lean at my company. And um, they're like, yeah, I'll log in once a day. I'm like, I was driving from Colorado to Missouri and had to stop in the middle of Kansas, turn on my hotspot to do work, and then ended up getting a a less than satisfactory rating from that hiring manager. And I was like, you what? <laughs> I worked for not you on my cool. vacation. No, no cool. Uh, not cool is what I meant to say. Um, but yeah, and they they didn't they weren't super helpful. They said, well, we'll talk about this later. They haven't talked about it. But yeah. I'm like, you don't want your employees to get the crap. And yeah. so as a manager, you you just got to do it, I guess, is what I'm seeing. I haven't experienced anything else. And I'm not in the healthcare field. I'm not saving babies from burning buildings. <laughs> I know. I'm just hiring people. <laughs> anyway. I know. It's insane. Do you want to jump oh. into Bachelorette updates? Okay. Let's do it. Are you all caught up? Yes. I watched um, all of them last night. Or no, I watched the first one uh, on Sunday and then the second one last night. Okay. All right. We'll get the Bachelor Nation news after we do the Bachelorette catch-up. Okay? Got it. Yes. So since our last podcast, we had week two of the Bachelorette. What are your initial thoughts? Um. Well, for episode two, it was clear right in the beginning that Carl was about to become an outcast. <laughs> yeah. Um. I have started to thinking about my favorites because we didn't do that in the beginning. And so um, I really like Aaron, Andrew S., and Brendan. Um, I also am finding myself liking um, Mike P., Christian, and Courtney. But Courtney, I have reservations about. What about Gary? I'm not. Greg. Gary. Greg. uh, Greg. Greg. He's okay. Okay. I know that she really likes him, but I'm just not really that into it. So, um, but... I'm still having a really hard time. I was hoping that this year, this season was going to be different, and it has been different. Um, And I really like Tasha and Caitlin hosting it, but uh, just the—I just hate the group dates right now. Um, I hate having to make them play games and like mud wrestle with each other and do all this. But I will say the camaraderie that's taking place between the men. I do really like, Mm -hmm. and I like how the majority of them are handling things uh, so far. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I still really love Katie, but um, I struggle with the group dates. So week two, we kind of started with a group date um, about being open and vulnerable. And we had Christian, Garrett, Trey, Courtney, Mike P., James, Justin, Thomas, Connor B., and Carl. Um, in a dark room with sex stuff. Yes, with Heather McDonald. Heather McDonald. I loved known. her from the, um, what show was she on? Oh. With the, the blonde comedian had a show. Well, I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> but I do know that she gained quite a bit of um, following after this episode. Okay. So, Chelsea Handler. Yeah. Okay. Oh, her. She was on Chelsea Handler's show. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is an awkward date, though. For you? It was awkward for me. I thought Amber would love this. 
you know, so it wasn't awkward for me, but I felt like to bring the guys in with their first like real time with Kate and then to have them have to sit here and deal with this. And then you had the poor virgin guy who actually did very well and he handled his name it is really Mike well. P. Mike P. I yes. wrote poor virgin guy at the top because I didn't know his name at the time. Um, Carl was horrible. Uh, the puppet show, I did not understand why everybody under- really enjoyed that. But I did really like Mike P and how he read to her. And it clearly, like, meant something to her. So. And, she got, and he got the greatest lover of all time trophy. He did. Which means nothing. No, nothing <laughs> at all. And unfortunately, the rose went to Thomas. So. Wait, you got to talk about the cocktail party first. Oh, yeah. I have three bullet points. Okay. Cat Guy and Kate make out lots of tongue. Mm-hmm. Carl brings weird handcuffs, and Rose goes to Thomas. So Carl <laughs> was speaking with Katie, and then Thomas walked in and interrupts the chat, and yes. then Thomas and Katie make out, and Thomas gets yeah. the date Rose. Cat Guy, though, so Connor... And Kate, there was a lot of tongue. It was extremely <laughs> uncomfortable. And I was like, you know, this is just too much for me. Mm-hmm. And I fast forwarded because I was like, mm, that's enough tongue. I'm good. And then we get to our first one-on-one date starring Greg. Greg. Who was the first impression hey. Rose winner. Yeah. And they showed up in similar outfits, which was kind of cute. They went on a, a fake camping adventure. Right. Where they made a poop bucket. Yeah. And then they made out on the poop bucket. Yep. And she got emotional while talking about her dad. Yeah, who who died in 2012. Yep. And uh, Greg also lost his father, which they talk about later on at the dinner portion. The dinner, yes. So they spend the afternoon fishing. And then they go to dinner and Greg reveals that his father passed away from cancer two years ago. You know, I do find it, I really, although he's not one of my front runners. Um, I did like that he didn't immediately go into his story when she was emotional. He let her have her time before he brought up his memory and shared with her. And I thought that was really nice and very special. Agreed. And he got the rose. He did. And of course, there were fireworks, which I feel like always happens on the first one-on-one. But looking at some of the stats, it appears that that is not always the case. So, I don't know. And then we go to the next morning where Caitlin and Tasha make an appearance dressed in head to toe with denim and yeah. they awake a bunch of men and it's time yeah, to go meet Katie. Yeah, in, in their boxers. In their boxers. No time to get dressed. Um, no. And Michael um, does not get to go on the date. He's the only guy who doesn't get to go on a date, I believe. Yeah. So, but um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so they wrestle each other. In the mud. In the mud. I fast-forwarded because I'm over it. Well, the <laughs> last pair to wrestle were Aaron and Cody. And yes. we discover that the reason they were paired up is they have they have issues with each other. Yeah, They're they from the same beef. place. And... Um, which does now make more sense as to why we, like, randomly saw 30 seconds of them fighting and no one knew why. Yeah. On the first episode, so. And That's Aaron scary. claims that Cody is not there for the right reasons. 
Um, And when Aaron and Katie go to talk, Cody's like, "Uh, I hope he's not talking crap about me. Um, And we know, yeah, Aaron is definitely talking crap about Cody. Yeah. And, you know, Kate. Katie. They go into the cocktail evening. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, the majority of that situation takes up most of their evening Mm -hmm. where she goes back and forth between Cody and Aaron. But even when she starts talking to Cody and she's asking him questions, he did seem kind of insincere. Yeah, he did not give her answers. No, he was not giving answers. He wasn't admitting anything. And it wasn't good. And so she ended up sending him home. So good for her. Yes. So Katie tells the guys that she's going to spend time alone to collect her thoughts. But Andrew S. Yeah. Is like, okay, let, let's chat. <laughs> Even though she wants to spend time alone. Anyway, but they end up making out. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And uh, then it looks like she has some conversations with some of the other men. Like Hunter mm-hmm. gives her a letter. And that was the only one I noted. I don't remember any of the other ones. Yeah. But in the end, Andrew S. ends up getting the rose. Correct. And then we go to the final cocktail party. um, And that dress. Oh, yeah. Green looks good on her. That emerald. Yeah. Mm. She paired it really well with, like, her eye makeup and everything. She looked great. Yeah. Um, but she does grab Michael right off to say, Hey, I just want you to know that like the only reason why you didn't get a date is because I feel good about this. I feel comfortable with this. That's and I didn't awesome think I of needed her. that extra time. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really good of her. Sometimes the leads don't do so. that and it leads people to spiral. Yep. And then Carl, he's wondering Carl happens. What other guys might be here for the wrong reasons? Right? But then he refuses to give her any examples of things that may have been said, any men that may have been um, included in his thought process for this. And I find it very interesting, the whole scene, because he basically comes back and is like, when the men figure it out, he's like, I don't want you to, or no, I'm sorry. He tells Katie, I don't want you to stress. Well, then why say it? Why Why did you say it in the first place? Correct little ridiculous um and so she ends up bringing in Aaron mm-hmm. to ask him and I actually so this is I think I liked Aaron before but this is where I started to kind of like him a little bit more and maybe I'll end up regretting these decisions but I liked that he went in there and he had an opportunity to be like oh yeah there's definitely men here but he was like no I have no idea what he's talking about and he went back and he agreed with the men and I mean, I think that kind of comes into the next uh, episode, but because Katie, um, Katie addressed all the men, it was like, "If you're not here yeah. for me, I I want you out. out." Yeah, and the men are like, so, "Huh? What are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, and then but, Carl raises his hand to let them know, "Yeah, I'm the one that made her spiral. It's fine." Yeah, but you know, I don't really know. We just don't know. Oh, okay. And then they're like, you're, yeah, you're a loser. So that kind of ends the episode, right? Yeah. So then we go to this week, which is week three. Yeah, and you start right at the cocktail party where everyone's mad at Carl and talking to him and trying to be like, 
why did you upset her? Like you said some Katie's shit. crying. Yeah. And you sent her down this thing. And so all the men are mad. And like, this is kind of where that camaraderie comes together. But I also feel like they didn't like go too testosterone. Testosterone. Um, was- I love that word. <laughs> It was just very matter of factly, like, what are you doing? Like, we are all here, hopefully, for this reason, but no one has said anything. Um, and so they do all kind of agree. And then they like show Carl is like off practicing Taibo, which is what I called it, but he's just like punching in a room with his jacket yeah. off. And like it reminds me of um friends when like Ross like randomly practices karate. Yes. And I was like, What 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 is he doing? It's just weird. Right, right. <laughs> um, let's see. And then um, David, Hunter, Connor, and Mike P all get roses. And then Mike's like, hey, guys, I got this. I liked this part. I'm I know. Lie. It was fantastic. And he lets her know that we've we've come together in solidarity to say that we think that, unfortunately, what Carl said wasn't the truth. And that kind of makes her, like, be like, well, oh, pause. And then all of a sudden, Tasha and Caitlin appear. But we don't yeah. see that she gives gets any advice from them. No, none. <laughs> but we eventually say goodbye to Carl, John, Kyle, and Garrett. Yeah. I honestly was so mad towards the end. Because when it came down to Aaron and Carl, I was like... Oh, this bitch is going to choose Carl. And not because of her. Like, I had a feeling. Because I sometimes feel like when they say, I'm going to follow my heart, I feel like it's a producer's choice. Yeah. And so um, I thought for sure they were keeping Carl on. Because I also thought that some of the previews up into episode three made it look like Carl was there later on. I wonder if he comes back. So that's what I'm nervous about. But we'll see. But I was so happy when she kept Aaron because I was like, really? But, yeah. And Carl doesn't even say goodbye to her. He just basically looks at her and looks at everybody and like walks out. And he didn't even do an exit interview. Yeah, he had he didn't have any time in his life. Which we actually haven't seen any exit interviews outside of the first night yet. So. so then we get to the next group date, which is all about honesty. And Amber, I feel like you're not going to want to talk about this one. Yeah, um, the first sentence is Nick dot dot dot, ugh, barf. Yeah, so Nick Vial comes back and we have Aaron, Courtney, James, Connor B, David, Justin, Thomas, Hunter, and Brendan on the date. The men and Katie sit down in a circle, kind of like a group therapy style type thing. And Nick tells them, I'm here to hold you guys accountable. And he swears he has received DMs from people exposing these guys. Yeah, I mean, so in general, I really enjoyed this date. Shocked. Color me shocked. I, I was do like, not... Amber is going to fast forward through this whole damn thing. So I took, like, copious notes. Well, because <laughs> Nick didn't really speak, except for in the beginning and the end. I think he's so cute. Oh, um, <laughs> and I do think that it could have been done better with a different individual um, like Ben or I don't know, literally anybody back. else. Yeah. Bring Bob <sighs> Guinea back. I know. But I did really like this and I honestly feel like this is something that should be done at all of the seasons. Agreed. Um with 
on a group date because um, basically what they're doing is they're sitting down and they're saying, tell us about your negatives and your flaws. Like, tell us about the things that you don't want us to know. Where you messed up in the past. Yeah. Right. Like, we all have a past. We all have mistakes that we've made. And, you know, we learn different things from them. And so let's sit down and talk about it. And I really enjoyed it. And the majority of the men um, really opened up. And some of it was, um, you know, like uh, Connor B. When he is talking about, you know, his struggle with addiction and alcohol. And, excuse me, I honestly thought that he was going down a road where he was going to say he hit his girlfriend. Um, But it was that he cheated on her. um, And just how emotional he was about it. But these men really did open up. And I think that that was great for them. And it ended up being great for Katie. So, And Hunter sharing that he, um, his first marriage ultimately failed because he focused too much on work. That's so relatable. Now, Thomas, he admits that when he he first got cast, he had no idea who Katie was. And he figured he may... Um, may as well give the show a shot because, yeah, you can build a great platform from it. And he confessed that, I think, is he the one that said he went on a date right before? Um, no. I think so. So I don't know because I did fast forward a little bit through his because I was getting irritated. Like all of these men and all the men were irritated too. Like, all these men are sitting down and they are talking about like the yeah. most gut-wrenching things for them. You know, David chose his career versus a relationship. Hunter chose a career over his wife and his kids. Um, like there's all of these just very emotional and deep things. And here's Thomas smiling like a fool the entire time saying, yeah, I totally came on here to build a platform, but I'm so happy I put that aside for you. Right. Okay. So you're telling me you've never done anything bad. Cool. Which comes back later. Um, and then in Katie the meeting, opens but... up. And this is yeah, that was this is like the saddest episode ever. Like all the things. Um, well, when she says that her mom doesn't know, and she looks right, right in, in the, the camera. camera. Yeah. And I was like, oh god, this poor girl. But I also think so. She tells a story. And I also find it very, um, I don't want to say interesting because it sounds negative in this context, but um, I the way that she describes, so she talks about a scenario 10 years prior where she had been drinking and she was involved in a, a situation that did not include consent. Mm-hmm. And she didn't call it rape. She didn't call it assault. She didn't call it anything of a term that we're used to hearing, but I appreciated the way that she said it because I think it brought also something else to it. Um, and the fact that she's been able to kind of come out on the other end of that. Um, but the fact that she tried to have a relationship with that person, um, I think that was probably the hardest part for her to be honest. Um, and I'm sure there are many other women who can relate to that story, but it was definitely, and then it also makes Thomas look like even more of an asshole. Right. And if we didn't love Katie before. <laughs> right. You gotta love her now. And then we go back to the house where Michael, who's the single dad, um, we understand that he's not single due to divorce. It's because his wife, Laura, died from breast cancer two years well, ago. 
right? So, well, yes, but we didn't go into the cocktail evening of the group date. So they go back to the house before the cocktail. But they just, he doesn't talk, does he talk about his wife then? I think so, yeah. Because then we know what's coming. I only, oh, because I only knew that he was going, that um, I only know about it on the date. Yeah. I didn't know that he did it before then. Yeah. Um, So he said, my entire life, 36 years old, I've only told one girl I loved her, my wife, Laura. But I came here to find that spark with Katie that's really been missing in my life. Uh, Okay. Yeah. And then we go back to the uh, the group date where we got the cocktail party where Connor B and Katie make out. See, you threw me off there a little bit. Sorry. Normally your algorithm is that you don't even like to talk about when we go back and we see the group date or the individual date. That was such a big, like, bomb. I was like... I didn't take notes on that part because I was like, Jana's not going to talk about it anyway. I'm sorry. It It was a big bomb. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, when Katie finds out... Yeah, I only watched it when Katie found out, so I had no idea. Cool, cool. Did you cry? Uh, Yeah, his wife died of breast cancer. I know. I cried. (laughs) And I was like, oh, Amber... Yeah, I was like, the minute he said it, I was like, fuck me. (laughs) Great. So we go back to the cocktail party where Connor B and Katie make out. And Katie asked Thomas to explain his red flags that he mentioned in their previous portion of the date. And you think that he's going to sit down and be like, yeah, I cheated on like all these women or something. But no, instead, he I don't even remember what he said. But it was a lot of I have rambling. He yeah. rambled. He never answers the question. Mm-hmm. He just continues to dodge the question and then later on decides that wasn't right. Like the way he handled it wasn't good. So comes back and still doesn't admit anything. Mm-mm. Ridiculous. And then while Katie is speaking with Aaron, your fave, um, yeah. Thomas is pacing nearby. And <laughs> when they finally speak, he, he lets her know that he's falling in love with her. That's a yeah. red flag like you're on this is our week three and how many hours have passed probably not many and he's falling in love with her to avoid any true deep conversations yeah no thanks and connor b gets the date rose he does then we get to the (sighs) one-on-one date with michael the single dad that we previously mentioned with the dune buggy that kate knocks over and breaks yeah (laughs) that was awkward we're like the producer comes running or the medic comes running out and asks if she is okay and she's like hanging there she's like yeah i'm good i'm fine yeah um it was a cute date yeah they have a picnic um michael and katie seem to really connect in the picnic and then we go back to the house where the men are complaining about thomas and hunter confronts thomas and then we go back and it's time for the dinner date and that's where Michael tells Katie about his wife dying from cancer. Yeah, it was interesting that he, I mean, it probably means nothing literally, but, you know, he talks about how he met his wife and they married in 2012, which is the year that Kate's dad died. And then, um, so the son was born in 2016. And then um, his wife was diagnosed with cancer like so many months after. And I, I can't remember how many months. But that's what also was hard for me is because it was probably right around the time I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, And so they talk about kind of her struggles and stuff like that. And she ended up passing. 
from breast cancer in January 2019. Um, and it is very emotional. And um, But I think something for Kate and for him uh, was just the way that he talked about it. You know, if you look back over the seasons of individuals who have talked about losing a loved one, not that there is anything against, except for the one who got a little crazy about it in Chris Soule's season, who no one has ever heard from since. Um, but nobody has really talked about it in the way that Michael talked about it. And I think that was something that Katie pointed out too, where she was talking about how there's a special love that you can create. And just because that love still means something to him, doesn't mean that his next love won't. And um, it just shows how some maturity and um, growth that's there. So. Yeah. And of course, Michael gets a rose. Yes. At first, to be honest, there was a slight pause at one point Mm -hmm. where Katie was saying something and I was like, oh, my God, she's not going to give him the rose. And then she ended up giving him the rose. And then you would have stopped watching. I would have. (laughs) I would have been like, oh, my God, what just happened? Actually, I was ready to stop watching. Had she given Carl a rose, I was going to be out. And then our podcast would have really sucked. Yeah, well, you could have just told me things and I would have just commented. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Nick Vile. <laughs> and then we go back to the men where Thomas is asked directly, do you want to be The Bachelor? And he says, oh. I can't be disingenuous to you guys. And I, I'm not going to, uh, you know, say anything wrong. But yes, coming into this, one of the thoughts in my mind was potentially being the next Bachelor. Well, but he was asked probably at least five times. It's true. By Hunter, are you, so you're saying you were thinking about being the next Bachelor. And then he would come around with something else. And then Hunter would go, so yes? Or? (laughs) There was a bit of badgering involved. It took forever to get that out of him. But yes, he does finally admit it. And then I believe that is the uh, end of the episode. Yes. Now let's get into Bachelor Nation news. One last. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. One last thing. I'm really getting annoyed that um, the rose ceremonies are no longer at the end. I know we've talked about this before, but it's really starting to make me angry. Okay. Bachelor Nation news. Let's talk about Carly of Evan and Carly, but they separated. You have thoughts. So she um, was in rough shape after she was rushed to the hospital. Yeah, so she was um, getting ready to board a plane. Her children were with her mom. Um, Evan was not there at the time. And she started having some stomach pains. And so I know most of this because um, I saw the article come out that Evan had posted some photos with her approval. And then um, she had finally come out and spoke about it days after Um And I was like, oh, my gosh, I really want to know what happened because I do follow her on Instagram and I really like Carly. Um, And so I'm listening to this 15 minute video. And at the end of this, this bitch still cannot tell me what the fuck happened to her. I was like, I had to listen to this for 15 minutes. Like the first five minutes was just her telling us like that how she got to the airport. I was like, oh, my God, this is too much. Anyways. So um, she started having really bad stomach cramps and she said that she equated them to kind of having um, pregnancy cramps. 
and contractions and but they were just so much worse and um she thought that she was probably fine so she ended up getting on the plane and while she was on the plane she realized oh my god i need to get off and she stood up to get out off the airplane after they had already closed the doors and everything like that and when she stood up to say that she needed to get off the airplane she just passed out and um somebody caught her before she hit the ground because they could tell that she was not going to be doing well. And so they ended up, you know, taking her off the airplane and getting her to an ambulance. But throughout all the tests that they ran and everything like that, I thought she was going to have like an appendix burst or something. But in the end, they still don't really know what happened to her. She said that her white blood cell count was just like off the charts and they couldn't figure out why she tends to get a low blood pressure anyways. Um, but they also had a really hard time getting her blood drawn or get an IV in her because I guess she was really dehydrated and she didn't know why she said that she's not great at drinking water, but she didn't think she was that dehydrated. So still to this day, they don't really know what happened. Um, but all of her pictures were approved by her to post and um by evan and she was very happy that evan was there they still have a close relationship even though they've um been split now for a while yeah but i did see another article where a close friend i did not read it um said that their marriage might not fully be over so who only it might have been clickbait i don't know but um you know maybe they still have a chance to be together yes and August 16th, we got Bachelor in Paradise coming back. And Wells Ooh. Adams is not yes. only going to be the bartender, he's going to be yeah. the master of ceremonies for the rose ceremonies. And I'm so excited. And I'm I think really excited for that. We talked about it last time. David Spade, Little John, Titus Burgess, and Lance Bass are all confirmed to be on. I don't, I'm not going to lie. I don't know if I can watch the episode with Little John. Why? It's just, he's very dramatic. In his, and his... Oh. I don't know. We'll see. I'll try to watch it. And then Ari and Lauren brought their newborn daughter home. Um, they did. Because, um, so, Ari had her twins and the daughter had to stay behind. Lauren um, had her twins. Ari's, what did I say? You said Ari had yeah. her twins. Yeah, Lauren. <laughs> Ari did not have the twins. <laughs> Yes, that is correct. My apologies, Ari. No, you're fine. <sighs> no, we don't apologize to him because we don't really like him. We like Lauren. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um. However, we still... It doesn't matter. Okay. What? Um, what? I was going to say, well, we don't write off Jason Mesnick or Ben Higgins, who also told a different woman, two women that he loved them. I know, but... I, I like Ben a lot. And we don't talk about Jason Mesnick much. And Ari, you can't mess with Becca. Becca should yeah, have been true. with Blake. Just saying. Yeah, she's a little bit of an idiot, but whatever. Anyway, Lauren um, had uh, her and Ari's twins. The daughter ended up having to stay in NICU for um, a couple days. But um, she was finally able to bring her home just a couple days ago. Right before um, Father's Day. Yes. So that was nice for them. <laughs> Very cute. Any other Bachelor Nation news that I've missed? So 
I saw. Oh, I knew now, you would have more. I knew it. I don't know. I happened to just come across this this morning. And um, apparently Juan Pablo has created, recreated his breakup scene with Claire Crowley with his daughter, Camilla. That's inappropriate so him, in so many ways. Right? Apparently there is a recent TikTok video, which I have not seen, where his 12-year-old daughter, Camilla, and Juan Pablo, who's 39, reenact the famous scene while his daughter mouths the words that Crowley said after she dumped him. And um, he is married now, which I find just appalling in all itself. Um, But so the words that his daughter mouths is, I lost respect for you because I'll tell you what, I thought I knew what kind of man you were, what you just made me go through. I would never want my children having a father like you. Um, And then he ends up muttering, whoa, I'm glad I didn't pick her. Right. I'm watching it right now. (laughs) <laughs> I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. I thought I knew what kind of man you were. Okay. What you just made me go through. Mm-hmm. I would never want my children. Why would he do that? Why? Yeah. Why? I know. Oh, I'm putting this in the doc so that we can share it. Yeah. So That's I totally found that, and I found that very horrible. interesting. Interesting is not yeah. the word. I know. It I was like really appalling. Yeah. And so that was one of the pieces of information that I thought was, I don't even know the words for it. Um, Appalling is what comes to mind. But it does appear that her and, um, what's his name? Ross? Claire Crowley. What? What's his name? I don't know. What did you say it was? Ross? Isn't it an R? Isn't that horrible? Blair. Like how quickly names? Oh Dale. no, Dale, Dale. Moss. Moss. <laughs> no, I wasn't at all. It's fine. I mean, Moss. Ross. Ross. Mm. <laughs> um, but my understanding is that uh, they have started to kind of get back together, and we also know that Rachel and um, that guy, um, shit, guys getting tough matt james yeah matt james and rachel have also started dating again and they've been seen in public and um you know our favorite tyler has been asking people to respect them and they've gone through a lot and worked through a lot and then um next week's episode uh for the bachelorette you see Tasha talking to katie saying someone from my past reached out to me and they're Blake, whatever. Blake is Blake Moines, uh-huh. who I originally thought was going to be the other Blake, like our Blake. Mm-mm. And I was like, because I heard it that Blake was there, but I didn't hear which Blake, and I didn't see it originally, and I just heard, and so I thought it was going to be that Blake. But I'm not going to lie; I'm a little excited, even though he turned out to be a little strange. Yeah, he but. was a little strange. Yeah. I just got a notification that Naked Wines is looking for a recruiter. I'm I'm not in need of a new job, but I thought that was pretty timely. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't think there was really much else. Um, 
What are you what are you listening to? What are you watching? What are you what are you doing? Oh, so I did just start um a new book on tape. So um Lisa Gardner is one of my favorite um authors. Mm-hmm. And she has a book called Before She Disappeared. And um I just started listening to that today on my way home. And um It's a story about a woman who she's not an investigator. She's not um, police or, you know, anything to do with anything, really. She's just a civilian who likes to help out people. And so she travels and listens for stories where um, an individual of minority has been lost and can't be found. Mm -hmm. And basically, like, the police have stopped looking and social media has kind of um, quote unquote, forgotten about that person. And so she ends up going to these towns, getting a job as a bartender in a local bar, and then ends up looking for them and finding these missing individuals. And so the town that she's in right now, um, there is a cat that is in the apartment that she is um, going to be renting or actually getting to live in for free while she bartends. Mm-hmm. And the cat's name is Piper. How hilarious. So, I'm pretty excited about that. But other than that, I don't have any, like, new music or anything I'm listening to. All right. I finished the last book, and I couldn't remember if I mentioned it on the podcast. When No One Is Watching, did I mention that on the podcast? Oh, I think you did. So it is even more fantastic than I anticipated. I'm not going to be able to make it to book club this week like I had hoped, but... I I do highly recommend that book. And I just started The Secrets You Keep by Kate White. And then when it comes to music, Walker Hayes has a new album, which I'm digging. It's called Country Stuff. And I do like him. Um, Jimmy Allen has released Kiss Kiss an Angel Good Morning, which was a Charlie Pride song that my grandma loved. But Jimmy Allen does it justice. Thomas Rhett released a song called Things Dads Do, probably timely for Father's Day. Yeah. And then as far as podcasts, I have discovered the Lazarus Heist. Lazarus Heist. I feel like that's hard to say for me. You paused me. I I know, because I (sighs) just remembered I did start a new podcast called The Piketon Massacre. Ooh, is it good? So I, I really like it, except there are sometimes that I feel like the story could be told better. And um, so I, I'm kind of struggling with that, but I feel like it's a good story. So it's um, about a family of four about the, the Rondons, I think it is how you say it. And um, they lived in four different homes and were all like multiple of them were killed. Mm-hmm. And the only body, the only individuals left were the, thank God, like the infants, the children. But it's a very interesting story about how they did end up arresting or putting, having some suspects of another family, but the intertwinings of it is very intriguing. And they don't know if it's this family or if it was like a sister-in-law that somebody paid to kill her own family, or if it actually had to do with a drug cartel because they actually found, um, marijuana weeds or marijuana plants in three of the four homes in which um, the bodies were found. 
Wow. It's just very interesting. Um, And so I just started listening to that. So I'm like two episodes in right now, three episodes. You'll have to report back and let us know. Yeah. I'm interested to see where it goes. Well, I have our positive Polly. If you have any wine tips. Um, I am grabbing a wine tip, um, but real quick, I know that we are uh, running long, but when I had searched Bachelor Nation news, I also had found something, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Rachel Lindsay, um, but two days ago, yes, on the 21st, um, an article was released by Vulture, and it titled, Rachel Lindsay has no roses left to burn, and her quote from that is, I thought I could change the Bachelor franchise from within. Until I realized I was their token. And so her opinions are very strong and um, very out there sometimes and aggressive. Um, But she kind of goes into basically thinking that um, the whole thing about Chris Harrison and that was a chance for her to kind of speak up. And it ended up getting turned kind of on her. And... um, Sorry, I just got this, so I'm, like, trying to... But she says that her and Chris were never really friends. Um, but you travel with him, you sit in the hotels in the airport so much um, that he's just the one that you do it all with. And he became someone who gave her advice on how to navigate the show and the celebrity of it. And she actually used to call him her fairy godfather. Um, and at one point in time had mutual respect until that interview Uh, in which he said the things that he did and she said that she felt disrespected. And so that's kind of where she goes on and talks about how she feels like she was the token to change everything about bachelor. Mm -hmm. I I saw a lot of the Rachel Lindsay things, but I didn't put them in because I wasn't sure because I knew your feelings about her. (sighs) Yeah. It's just, it's very aggressive. And I think even just this article, like looking at it is, is very interesting. But anyways, um, you do your positive Polly and I will grab my wine. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, positive Polly. This is a reminder for myself and everyone else listening. You don't always need a plan. Sometimes you just need to breathe. Trust, let go, and see what happens. It's really hard for me to let go. I'm kind of a control freak. It's hard. It's hard not being able to be in control of something, though. Right. So... Um, okay. Let's see. I'm trying to find a good one. I actually made a little charcuterie board this last weekend. Ooh, fun. Yeah. Oh. Um, I'm trying to find a good, like, I'm looking at all these little weird facts. And I cannot. Oh. I find it interesting that the right way, there's a right way and a wrong way to hold a wine glass. Okay. And the proper way is to hold it by the stem so that the hand does not warm the glass and increase the temperature of the wine. That makes sense. Which I find interesting because almost everybody I know like never holds it by just the wine glass. Plus, I fear that if I held it just by the stem, I would like drop it and (laughs) break it. I don't know. There's also um, apparently the largest bottle of wine is the Nebuchadnezzar, and it equates to 20 regular sized wine bottles, mm-hmm. which is around 15 liters. That's crazy. 
I agree. Well, Amber, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, it's been fun. We'll be back in two weeks. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what day that is, but we will be here. It's on our calendar. Okay, good. Everyone listening, thank you so much. And we'll be back and rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends. All right. Bye. Bye.